Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 459 of the Juice Box Podcast. Today, I have Kristen, and she married into Type 1. I won't tell you how. You're going to find out in a second. But it was a bit of a surprise. Please remember while you're listening that nothing you hear on the Juice Box Podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your health care plan or becoming bold with insulin. I just want to remind you, if you're looking for the Define Diabetes episodes or the Pro Tip series, they're all right there in your podcast player. Just search Defining Diabetes or Diabetes Pro Tip. You can also find them at juiceboxpodcast.com. And if you need a list of them, and actually, even if you want to listen online, diabetesprotip.com is where you'll find them. Okay, a little more to do, and then we'll get started. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. This episode is also sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. You can find out more at contournext.com forward slash juice box. There's a lot going on at that link. Don't make the mistake of not checking it out. You're going to get a great meter. It's incredibly accurate, easy to use, and there's a lot more at that link. I'm not kidding. Test strip programs. You may even be eligible for a free meter. Go take a look. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. My name is Kristen, and my husband, Jay, was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes in September of 2017. September of 2017, September of 2018, a year and a half-ish, right? A year and a half-ish. How long have you guys been married? We've only been married about a year, but we've been together for nine, ten years. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you mind me asking how old you are? I am 25. Okay. So you guys met each other in uh, kindergarten or something like that. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Well, that's so nice. Did you date in high school? Um, well, I was in high school. Jay was not in high school. I uh, now I see what you're saying. Jay has, Jay has robbed the cradle. Where was he? he? He worked at the arcade at the mall when you used to go in. Or he was actually my brother's hockey coach, and um, his younger brother is the same age as my younger brother, and they introduced us. <laughs> no kidding, uh, Kristen. Is this a bit of a May December thing? Is uh, Jay significantly older than Kristen? No, he oh. he's about. Two, two and a half years older than me. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Right. Now, now we all have the picture. We see what's happening. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so before, were you planning on getting married when he was diagnosed or was that not in the workshop? Uh, yeah, we were engaged uh, that December, December 2016, and then he got diagnosed in September. Is it possible that the fear of getting married gave your husband type 1 diabetes? Yes or no? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Could have been. <laughs> Shocked his system. His, yeah. His white blood cells jumped up and was like, we have to stop this. And then they just stopped his pancreas instead. That's fantastic. Um, well, well, anyway, uh, I'm sorry to hear about his diagnosis, but it's it's interesting that you're on the show and not him because you reached out to me. Um, yeah. And and so we're gonna kind of find out about your experience, I guess, being the you know, being the wife and and I guess even the the betrothed of a, of a person with type one. So let's go back to when he's diagnosed first. Um, yeah. I imagine shocking. Were you, were you a part of the process or did he do it on his own? I was, yeah, I was a part of the process. Uh, Jay had an insane fear of needles. I mean, he, um, he had the flu shot as a kid and, uh, he passed out and knocked his front teeth out. <laughs> so uh, he's he was absolutely terrified of needles. And I think once he realized uh, what was happening, uh, he did everything in his power not to go to the doctor. No kidding. Do you think do you think 
let me ask you a question. Do you think when he knocked out his two front teeth, that's when he decided to play hockey because he just figured, <laughs> why not? Right? Like, I have nothing to lose. <laughs> right. I, I would say yes, but he probably started playing hockey at about three years old, and that happened when he was, I don't know. Yeah, he was lucky to have his teeth that long then. Never mind. Yeah, true. Yep. <laughs> so, so you think he, he kind of diagnosed himself and then when he realized oh, yeah. what was going on he just didn't go to the doctor what was his plan do you think uh i don't know exactly um i don't know if either of us really understood what diabetes really was mm-hmm. um or what type 1 diabetes was um jay like had all of the symptoms he was drinking excessive amounts of water and losing weight yeah. but we boiled it down to we moved um, home from a different city and Jay had different work schedule. He started having different eating habits. We're like, this is great. You're losing weight and you're drinking lots of water. This is wonderful. But when it got past a certain point, I was starting to get confused and, and trying to compete with how much water he was drinking. I, I, I was baffled. There's no way I could drink that much water. <laughs> well, you know what they say. Work schedule changes, you get thirsty right away. So <laughs> it is it's it's genuinely amusing when you, you know, take the diabetes out of it. How yeah. how many people because we almost all do it, start looking for just any other reason that it might be. Um that that really is something cuz because I guess it feels like if you don't know, it's not real. But yeah. you know, the longer you don't know, the longer you're hurting yourself. It is really like, you know, it's a lot like when we talk about blood sugars here and people are like, well, my doctor said 180 was okay. Yeah. And and I didn't know. And I always think like, did you not look like you could have like, you know, the internet exists. You could have just said, Hey, what's an average blood sugar of a person who doesn't have diabetes. And then when it came back and told you like 85, you could have went, Hmm. Yeah. This isn't good. (laughs) Maybe this isn't right. But instead we go with, well, the doctor said, or uh-huh. if, if nobody tells me it's not real, it's interesting. It's understandable, but it's interesting. For sure. So he so he heads off to the doctor with his with his extreme needle phobia from his flu situation. By the way, yep. when, when my son Cole was about eleven, I got him a flu shot, and just out of the corner of my eye, I saw him. I think he was going to punch the nurse, and, <laughs> and I reached out and grabbed his hand. I was like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I don't want this." And I was like, "Well, you can't hit this woman because you don't want it. Like that's not how this works." Yeah. Um, did your husband come close to punching anyone at the hospital? Um, no. <laughs> did he pass out again? No. Uh, no passing out, but definitely had to, you know, go through a routine when the needle was coming and need a cold cloth over my face and <laughs> the whole thing. But <laughs> he, so it's just here, say, Kristen. At this moment, grown man scared of needles covering his face. So the whole thing. You're standing there thinking, I could probably do better than this, right? Is that what was like? Why, I know. Why am I not trying a little <laughs> harder to find a guy who's not afraid of this stuff? <laughs> well, I think we're both pretty bad. I'm just as bad. <laughs> like fainter, got to get the the room with the bed when you go get your blood taken. It's, yeah, okay. it's just bad. <laughs> I, you know, I hear you. So, so that's interesting though, because you're both in that situation. So when when the first time you're in the room together and he's holding a, a pen or, or a needle or something like that, are, do you think you were both thinking like, well, who's going to do this? Cause it's not going to be me. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, it was pretty awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me what happened. Was it like a three stooges comedy or. It's a, it's all kind of a blur. I think the nurses had to do it initially. He wanted it in the leg for the longest time. And now he obviously had to move sights around to the stomach and the back of the arm. And um, I remember he had me. He's like, okay, well, you can try just one. And I did it in the leg. But I think I, it was as if I was trying to stab him with the, the <laughs> insulin pen. <laughs> you, like, a, like a horror movie? Were you jabbing? Yeah. <laughs> Not on purpose, but <laughs> ended up being what I did. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine. So there was cursing then, or do you guys not curse? What, did he, I, yeah. Oh, yeah. We curse. Um, yeah, he said that I would never be allowed to do it again, but that changed. <laughs> <laughs> Little does he know that you're going to spend the most of the rest of your lives together, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna do far worse to him than that <laughs> yeah. to each other. To be perfectly honest.
So you guys are close to your wedding date. He's being di- he's being diagnosed with type one. You're starting to understand that it's a lifelong disease, and you're, you're getting the idea of what diabetes is. Yep. You said he lost weight. Did he lose a lot of weight like prior to the to the diagnosis? Like, was it a couple pounds or twenty pounds or how 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 was it? Uh, it was a lot of weight. Um, the the doctors have boiled down to um, Jay being able to wait so long from diagnosis because. He burned through a lot of weight. Um, by the time Jay had hit the hospital, he had lost over 200 pounds. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, oh, my it was God. So, a right, lot. Hold on. I'm wrapping my head. I, I just got, I just, like, I don't know what happened. I just like fried a circuit for a second. <laughs> so, how long, yeah. how long was the weight loss in, in like time, months? Um, in months, it was. Probably three or four years. Oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. It was, was a long time. Was he willfully trying to lose weight or was he just like, hey, this is things are finally going my way? Like, which which way was it? It was unsure. I mean, his job switched to like a night shift to a day shift and um, walking um, like miles and miles and miles per day. So. Part of him just thought my life, like my lifestyle, my lifestyle is changing and I'm going to, yeah. and it's working for me. Yeah. But obviously once it reached like a certain, certain weight he had lost there, there was obviously an issue. Yeah. I was just reading something the other day that said, I think the number they put in the article was 20 pounds. Like if you lose 20 pounds and you weren't, you weren't trying to lose 20 pounds, you have to go, you have, you need to go to the doctor. But, mm-hmm. but so something about him having that weight to lose, um, Help, yeah, helped him. The doctor said, "Do you have any like clarification on that?" Because that sounds crazy it, to me. Yeah, it it was because he had more weight to burn through. Is so it kind of sustained him for a while while he was going. Yes, or he would have. That, that's kind of what they they've said, or or that his pancreas was slowly, slowly shutting down over the years, or yeah. else he would have been in the hospital sooner. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I don't exactly know when it started or when that, that weight loss was actually him trying. Right. It's, uh, yeah, it's hard to know, I guess. Really. Uh, yeah. And without knowing anything about it, now I look back and obviously things would have been done differently for. Yeah. No, you can't hindsight's 2020. You can't, you can't fault yourself for that. So it's nope. been a year and a half or so. It has the weight stayed off of him. Um, well, when he got to the hospital, uh, Jay was uh, so, so skinny. Yeah. Um, he needed that, some weight back. Oh, yeah. When he was, in, he was in the hospital for almost three weeks, and he gained, I think, 30 pounds in three weeks. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, it's not that crazy. Honestly, Arden gained almost, Arden gained almost three pounds overnight when she started getting insulin. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the color came back to his face, and weight came back on you couldn't see his ribs or his bones anymore and and to put into perspective jay is normally um probably two two twenty five and he's six foot two like he's uh he's a grown man <laughs> oh, yeah he's a big guy right so yeah it's it's even more startling when you see somebody who you expect to be sort of big and sturdy to yeah to get frail um it ha- happened to a friend of mine when I was young and his father got cancer and his dad was like six, four. And I just always remember him being this massive person. And then, you know, a, a few weeks before he passed away, it was just like, it hit me one day. I was like, my God, look, he, it feels like he shrunk, you know, it's yeah. really something. So you guys get over the shock and he, I'm assuming, does he get over his needle phobia or how does he end up getting his insulin? <laughs> he got over the needle phobia. It did take a while. There was a long time where I would be, I'd have to tell him that, I'm thinking about making supper, so you should start getting the needle ready. Because um, it would take 45 minutes to an hour for him to even give himself one needle. Um, but I mean, it's not even an an issue anymore. He's and he is on the Omnipod now, so he doesn't even have to deal with that anymore. That's very nice. Back then, was it sort of like trying to coax a child into swallowing like a pill or something like that? Oh uh, yeah, maybe. Did you ever bribe him? Were you ever like, there'll be like happy time with Kristen tonight if you could just get the needle? <laughs> like, how does it? Did you ever just like get irritated? So seriously, for a second, was it ever 
I don't, I don't know if irritating is the right word, but from a distance, did you ever look at him and think, oh my, my, my God, just put the, let's go, man. Like, like, did it ever affect you that way? Cause, because here's why I ask when you love someone who has type one, mm-hmm. you, you're concerned for them in a way that's not always transferable. Like you, you they don't always want you to tell them, no. you know, I'm concerned for you or I'm worried for you. I really want you to pre bolus or something like that. Like, it's hard. Like you don't know what to say sometimes and what not to say. So sometimes you bottle the stuff up. Did did you ever have a feeling where you were like, oh my God, this guy is just like not like what's he doing? Or did he get over it pretty quickly? Uh no, I tend not to bottle things up. I just say what's on my mind. Um with Jay, with getting over that needle phobia, we started um this technique and it was like, if you don't do it on the countdown of five, you're not gonna do it. So he then he'd start five, four, three, two, one, and 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 the needle went, and it seemed to help, and just giving him a timeline. Yeah, yeah. and then he would do some, and I would do some, and we just kind of went back and forth. I would help to give him a little bit of a break, and that seems nice. so long ago that I don't think it lasted too too long after he was diagnosed. There, there was a uh, bigger issues that uh, came along after he was diagnosed that kind of made that a small deal. (laughs) In comparison, what were the bigger issues? Um, So he started what they called it at the diabetic clinic was hungry nerve syndrome. So they had never seen it before. And I guess because his blood sugars dropped so quickly and they must have been high for so long, his nerves, I guess they say like they're at the, at the top of your skin. So it it was, um, just an excruciating pain and that lasted for, I would say three months. I had to take a leave of absence from work and um, be at home every day with him. Um, but luckily that has all subsided. Um, he's still taking medication for it, but he is in a whole different life compared to that. So it it did, it did just, you know, I guess stop at some point, but how long did it take to stop? And was the pain all over his body? Yeah. So how he described it is as if he had second degree burns, all over his body. He, um, he felt like his, his, his chest, you couldn't touch him lightly because it just felt like, um, it, it felt really bad. I don't really want to use what he exactly said. Cause I know there's there children are, and things. Like children that. Listening. It hurt a lot. We'll say. Exactly. It hurt a lot. Yeah. Um, and he couldn't wear particular clothing. He had to buy like a particular sheet and blanket and 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 t-shirt. Um, Listen, I'm all for health till it starts <laughs> till it starts costing money. And then I, yeah. I, you should have told him, look, stand naked in the center of the room till this goes away. <laughs> we are not buying sheets. Uh, how long? Did, how long did it take for it to to pass? Um, about three months. Um, until it subsided. Um, and so then now. Yeah, it it was pretty awful. He I I never want anyone else to experience that um or watch someone go through that. Yeah. And what did the now, doctors, what did the doctors call it? Hungry nerve syndrome. They said that because his blood sugar like when he was diagnosed his blood sugar was 600, which listening to other people's interviews it seems like that's a relatively normal at diagnosis um his a1c was 14 and within three months when we went to the doctor um his a1c went from a 14 to a 7 so yeah. they think in dropping that that's their best it kind of confused his, his yeah mind. you know it's funny i was just speaking with someone the other day who was told by their doctor that their child was in, uh, experiencing like an incredible hunger that comes mm-hmm. sometimes from getting your blood sugar stable and that it should. Oh, th- and I just had never even heard that before. So no, this is, an, yeah. this is another one for me that I've, I've never yeah. heard before. That's really, it's really well, a lot of the doctors are quite baffled because these issues don't normally come until like 20 years down the road. 
And there's no way Jay could have had diabetes for 20 years. So, so when they hear nerve, when they hear nerves in general or problems yeah. with nerves, they think that that's from long-term problems. Mm-hmm. But in his situation, it probably it, it's probably not from that. It's probably just something else, and it has never like reoccurred or anything like that. No. What'd you do with all the sheets and the clothes? <laughs> he still wears them. Right. <laughs> good. Yeah. I don't. I don't like waste, Kristen. So that's good. Yeah. Right. Now, I mean, good. The the pain is still there, but it has subsided to an extent where he can live a normal life. That could just be the marriage. You don't know. Like, <laughs> you could just be feeling that constantly because I have. I feel like I'm buzzing a lot of the days. Uh, well, I'm glad that it's something yeah. that, he, that he can work with. And it doesn't yeah. doesn't affect his day to day in the same way. Do you think he feels Not it? Do you think he feels it, but he doesn't experience it the same way anymore? Like he's accustomed to it, or it just has mm-hmm. lessened? Yeah, that could very much be it. He's um, he's a tough guy. He played hockey for years. He played hockey with broken limbs and broken ribs, broken wrist, and. Nerve pain yeah. doesn't sound so bad to him, I guess. Right, I, I guess. I, so you're it, in, you're in Canada. Yes, I am. But you're not Canadian, are you? I am. Are you really? You don't sound yeah. Canadian to me. I literally just said <laughs> that from your voice. So where, where in Canada are you from? I'm in Alberta, so like above Montana, Idaho. Why am um, I? Help me for a second. Why am yeah. I? Why am I confusing your accent with European? um i don't i don't know i I don't know i'm an idiot okay (laughs) (laughs) well my like jay is from newfoundland which is um east coast of canada maybe i'm picking up some of their accents i don't know i'm telling you for a second i thought jay got himself like a russian mail order (laughs) and 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 had her shipped to canada which i mean (laughs) is a warm-up i guess if you're leaving you know (laughs) <laughs> Russia, but for most other people, no one's looking to go above Montana. Like imagine, <laughs> imagine everyone who's in Montana right now. There's somewhere north of you. Oh, horrible! <laughs> so cold. All right. Um, oh yeah, so cold. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so you said in your note, you're, this is very interesting because do you guys both listen to the show, or did, is it just you? It's just me. <laughs> what made you reach out? Um, I think. <sighs> After the pain subsided and we were working really hard on the diabetes, um, I was like, this isn't right. Like, we are not achieving the numbers that are correct. Like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And I just started searching. And I, I like podcasts and I Googled type 1 diabetes and this was one of the first ones that came up. So my quality SEO is the reason you found the podcast. Like if another one would have popped up ahead of it, do you think you'd be on a different podcast right now? Well, I listened to a couple other ones, but they just weren't as good. <laughs> I got bless you. I it's it's wrong for me to say it, but this is totally the best diabetes podcast. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> Thank you. Your check is in the mail. Okay. I appreciate you saying that. So I, I've just brought up my conversion chart so that we can talk about type one in a way that'll be helpful. So when you found yourself online Googling for a podcast and, and found the best one on the internet, um, <laughs> uh, I'm so, there are, there are people who don't hear sarcasm correctly. And so sometimes I have to cover myself and say, I'm just joking. I mean, I'm not joking. I think it's the best one. So in this moment, it wasn't sarcasm. <laughs> it was, you'll pick through the sarcasm. Okay. So when, um, when you were like, no, we have to figure something out. Where was his average blood sugar sitting? Well, he would go to bed pretty good about um, – I actually have my conversion rate up too, so I can say both for the ca- Canadians and the Americans. Fancy. You do it yourself. <laughs> um, so he would go to bed um, – mind you, this was a long time ago. He would go to bed at about a, a 9, like a 160, and he was waking up at a 15, which is about a 270. And I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. I have to figure this out. And at that point, we were just poking. We got the Libra, which was okay. It's not that not that great. Um, and then once we got that Dexcom, we saw that he had the Dawn effect. And right around 3 a.m., his blood sugar was just going through the roof. Okay. <laughs> um, but 
he was not achieving between that 70 to 140 range like a which is a four to eight nine okay. in my language um he was i don't know lots of 200s 300s um it took a long long time to get his blood sugar down from those numbers okay and and so was this when he was on injections still Yep, he actually just switched to an Omnipod in February. It has not been that long. Okay, okay. Yeah. So you found the best podcast, then you found the best insulin pump. Exactly. (laughs) When I found the podcast, he was using the Libra, and I think it took me like two days of listening to come home and say, okay, you're changing to the Dexcom. And well, as everyone knows, any change with any of the equipment is is a learning curve. Yeah. It's a big deal, and he was very resistant at the beginning. <laughs> Luckily, he had you to force him into it. Yeah, which, exactly. Which to be pr- let me say for a second, I joke constantly about being married and my wife, and I'm sure if she ever listened to this, she'd probably just put a pillow over my face while I'm saying Yeah. <laughs> but most of, I'm being serious for a second, most of the advancements I've made personally in my life are because of my wife's intolerance of the jackass that I was when she met me. <laughs> So if I, I, there are so many things about myself that are better now because, because my wife said, this isn't good enough. We should be trying harder. Yeah. And and I, I appreciate, I don't know if that's just because she doesn't want to do the laundry. Maybe she's like, look, you need to stay alive. I don't want to fold clothes. Maybe it's that, maybe it's that possible. Right. Right. (laughs) Maybe she loves me. I can't tell. It's hard to tell, but, um, (laughs) But but anyway, but seriously, sometimes you just need someone who has your best interest at heart, who's yeah. willing to over to ignore your bullheadedness about some things. So that's really mm-hmm. it's really nice of you because it's not easy. And, no, and um, and I and I'm I'm still haven't spoken about my friend Mike in in any kind of real context on this show, and maybe mm-hmm. I will one day. Uh, but but Mike passed away a couple of weeks ago, and oh. um, and I think he. He could have used somebody like you to uh, to to push him a little more, and he was very stubborn about his type one uh, his whole his whole life. And I tried as hard as I could, and wasn't really in the pos- in the position. And I know his wife tried, but he needed somebody to to grab him by the maybe by the neck and tell him, "Look, let's just try this because I love you, and let's try." You know. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'll I'll find the courage to talk about Mike one day. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Thank you very much. Um, uh, geez, now I'm just like, he was just, he, he was my best friend and I, and I, and I wanted to say that, but I was afraid it was going to make me cry. So I tried to move on to another thought, but now, now I'm stuck for a second. I'll tell you what, we'll put, we'll put an ad here. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> There's nothing more fun than trying to sell an insulin pump after you've heard about a person passing. Gvoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is the first pre-mixed auto-injector of glucagon for very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes, ages 2 and above. Not only is Gvoke Hypopen simple to administer, but it's simple to learn more about. All you have to do is go to gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvokeglucagon.com slash risk. Everyone deserves a blood glucose meter that is accurate, easy to use, and easy to use, not just in the daytime, but at nighttime as well. It needs a bright light. It needs a screen that is legible, and it has to fit your hand. This description perfectly describes the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. It is the meter we use here at home, and it is the most accurate blood glucose meter that Arden has ever had in, I mean, forever. Seriously, since the beginning. She was two and she's almost 17. So for that entire time, this is the one. It is incredibly accurate, simple to hold, simple to use, simple to see in the dark with, and it has second chance test strips, meaning you could touch the blood, not get enough, go back, get more without endangering the accuracy of the test or wasting a test strip. Contour next one 
is the meter I would get if I was buying one right now today. And you can find out more at contournext.com forward slash juice box. There are links right there in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com to the Contour Next One blood glucose meter, Givo Glucagon, and all of the sponsors of the Juicebox Podcast. When you use the links, you're supporting the show, so please click on them if you have the desire to find out more. And don't forget about those diabetes pro tip episodes and the defining diabetes episodes, which are also in your podcast player or at diabetesprotip.com. You bring your husband this technology and you're like, look, I'm listening to this podcast and we're, you know, there's, there's more here for us. Like we, mm-hmm. we can find better tolerances. Was he resistant? Was he thoughtful about it? Did he push you aside? Yeah. Um, we're both extremely stubborn and bullheaded. Um, so we butt heads a little bit and uh, it's a hard balance because I'm trying to, um, boss him around, but be his wife. I don't know. I guess that's kind of my job, but <laughs> I think the job is just to tell him he's wrong. He's underperforming and he's not getting to have sex. I think those are really <laughs> the things you're supposed to do, but, go, oh. but, but, but anyway, what are you doing? Um, yeah, it, it just, I would come home so excited every day and say something new that I learned on the juice box podcast that he had to try and we'd try it that night and it would work and everything just started to work and it started to click. And I, um, I, another reason that I use the podcast is because diabetes is so lonely and isolating and I, you feel that. Um, and it can take over you if you let it, but by using the juice box podcast as like a community, it let me get over that. And, and it also let me help Jay in understanding like that. I don't want him to ever feel super alone or super isolated that I'm always, I'm always here. And I all like, I have the knowledge and I understand, I don't understand what it's like to have type one, but I understand a lot about it and a lot of aspects about it. I, I feel the same way. I, 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 there are times when I feel odd that, you know, that I'm the one who's talking about it when I don't have it, but yeah, but my, pers- sure. my perspective of it is, is no less, um, you know, important. I don't think I just, I don't know what it's actually like to, to be the person. Um, right. what, what kind of isolation can you describe the isolation? Are you able to put it into words? What happened when he was diagnosed? Yeah. Um, well, we were on our own. We bought a house um, like five, six years ago now. Like we were living our own life. We had our careers and this happened and our whole world kind of came crashing down. Everything that we knew changed. Um, Jay worked in a job where he was out in a field in the middle of nowhere um, in minus 40, plus 40. He can't do that anymore. That's too dangerous. There's no cell service. There's, it's just you got, you dangerous. Got, you, you were worried about him? Was he worried about it or were you worried about it? Uh, both. Yeah. Really worried about it. Um, like in remote areas where no one can reach you. Okay. Um. So he hasn't been working um, since he got diagnosed, but we are at a point now where he will be going back. But that was definitely hard. Um, and then there was us learning about it, but us learning about it as at a very fast pace and it's our every day. But everyone around us, all they know is just the very, very, very basic stuff. So it's not... Our support system was our family, but at the same time, they didn't have a clue what we were talking about. Right. So they're just nodding at you and yeah, looking a little sad for you and saying, yeah. saying things like, um, I, I understand. And mm-hmm. that must it, it be was, difficult. 
yeah, it was a lot of like, you're so strong. And, um, well, I don't think we have a choice here, but, but I understand like when something like this happens, you can be stronger, you can not be strong. So I don't know. I'm trying to accept it as a compliment other than get angry. (laughs) I think that I understand what you're saying about not yeah. wanting, not wanting to be, to get angry when people say things that don't quite fit what's actually happening. But you just have to mm-hmm. give them a break. They don't really know. Oh yeah, you know, and and they are trying to be helpful. Oh. It just it doesn't work out usually. And I mm-hmm. I've listen I've said it before and I've, I've taken flack over it in the past because parents like to talk about how brave their kids are all the time, and I just think like, I mean she, yeah I mean it's brave but they don't want to. That's not like they it's not like they want to do it. Do, do you know what I mean? Like brave, is, yeah. uh, brave is um, brave is enlisting in the military when you don't have to, right? right? Yeah, that, that's brave, right? If you get, you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's still brave if you if you get you know drafted, I guess. But the the pinnacle of bravery is saying there's no reason for me to be in this fight, but I'm going to get into it anyway for reasons. You get diagnosed with type one diabetes. It's not like you raise your hand and go, "I'll take diabetes so someone else doesn't have it." If you did that. That would mm-hmm. be brave. What, what's you know what's happening to you is strength. It's it's resilience. Like you are being hit with something hard, and you and you are resilient. And that's mm-hmm. amazingly, um, it's incredible. And it, and it's not something that happens for everybody. That's why it's so remarkable when you see it because you know some people are hit with the same thing that happened to your husband, and it crushes them. Yeah. Right. And, but you don't know why it crushed them. Maybe they didn't have the support system they needed or the understanding or the tools or the technology or the medication or the insurance or all the possibilities. And how frequently does something happen with diabetes that is absolutely like buries you in an avalanche and you feel like you can't get out of it. And you go to your doctor and ask, and they're just like, I don't know, like, well, move this setting and see what happens. And it doesn't do anything. Yeah. Right. So, and not only that, you're basically on Mars because you live in Canada, so you're by yourself. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, when you picture when you said you bought a house, I just pictured Santa's like castle, like just snow everywhere with a house right in the middle that you look at and think, "How do they get electricity to that thing?" You're um, exactly right. Is, you're exactly am, right. Am, yeah. am I? Am I really? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a two-story igloo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. By the way, Kristen, congratulations. A two-story igloo is absolutely going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> well done. Well, well done. Um, that's spectacular. Um, <laughs> and, and so you, but you were really honest just now about how it felt, and it's, it's, yeah. it's not good. Now, do you think – I don't want to – I'm trying to figure out what to do. Do you think that not finding – forget this podcast. Let's say you found – let's say you just found nothing. Do you f- have a feeling for where you'd be right now? Um, probably not in a great place. The diabetic center here is probably as helpful as everybody else's. Mm-hmm. Um, a few few examples. I, I mean, we have found a very good nurse practitioner at at the center, um, but this only happened when Jay got put on the Omnipod. Um, but the information that they give is just so bad. I remember asking, um, when should we give the insulin before or after the meal? I was like, I'm confused. I don't understand what I'm supposed to be doing here right. or what Jay is supposed to be doing here. And, and they just, they would look at each other and kind of shrug their shoulders and go, well, whenever you want, really. I'm like, what? <laughs> and now listening to the, the podcast, I'm like, what? <laughs> That's the same. That's the same thing I do with when I shave. I'm like, ah, today, nah, not today. Uh, maybe so tomorrow. Bad. Yeah. It doesn't work with insulin. It almost doesn't work with my facial hair. But I'm a stay-at-home dad, so I shave when I want to. Uh, it's like really one of the great perks of my job is that I don't have to shave every day. Um, <laughs> and by the way, I figured that out years ago. In the in the winter, I realized that the moms that I was mostly around with my kids when they were younger were wearing like sweatpants and weren't shaving their legs. And I thought, <laughs> I, I could thought, do it. I thought if they don't have to shave their legs every day, there's no way I have to shave my face every day. Like we're all we're all in this fight together. So, uh, <laughs> so now I've become the laziest shaver ever. But that's amazing. So it didn't really matter when to give your insulin. It could have been before, during, after. They gave you no guidance on that whatsoever. Apparently, apparently, yeah. Jeez. And then they, they would be baffled why his blood sugar was at a, a 12 or 200. And and so you were met with 
no answers? Like what what would you be told what would you be told in the beginning when you go you went in and you're like, look, we, we see two hundred blood sugars all the time. What what should we do? Hmm. Um, a lot of it was it's better to be high than low. This is this is better than being low, isn't it? I'm like, okay, we we have already been um, faced with what happens when you have high blood sugars. No, <laughs> it's, it, this is not the great, the, the better alternative here. I don't. It, that's not an answer either. No, you know, it's not. It's, and it makes me so angry. And I remember there's some nurse practitioners who like my involvement and um, praise me. And I know that drives Jay crazy because they'll ask his opinion and then they'd be like, okay, but let's talk to Kristen because she asks the good questions and it makes him so Jay, angry. you just sit there quietly while mommy figures this out, okay? <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to be careful there, by the way. You don't want that to turn into a situation where you are mommy. Um, you know, no. Yeah, yeah. You're not looking for that, especially up in the cold. So, well, well so do you guys – so this had popped into my head earlier and I didn't ask, but now you brought it up, so I'm going to ask. <clears throat> is there a way – is it possible, is, I guess is my question, is it possible that you're going to start helping him so much and do such a good job that he could get – complacent and allow you to do it and not be as involved in it like is it because that's something parents think about a lot yeah but it sounds like that in the situation it could be similar it hmm. and i'm not trying to get you divorced be careful how you answer but but it's an interesting conversation right like is it possible that you know i i could put it into my own terms right um I didn't get, I didn't, yesterday was a mess at my house. The timing of everything got messed up. Everything got pushed back and I did not get dinner made. And when my wife came home, she was, she had had a long day. She was like in meetings constantly. She had a headache. She was tired. She was going to go out and exercise. And I, I know she wanted to walk in the door and eat and there was no food there. And she was irritated. (laughs) <laughs> it, like to the point where Mike, everyone started making fun of her behind her back. Like she was really upset and she got over it. Don't get me wrong. But like, there was an expectation there. She was like, I'm yeah. going to come home and someone's going to feed me. And when it didn't happen, she was like, Hey, why is this not happening? I wonder if your husband has an expectation of like, you'll take care of his blood sugar. Um, I, I understand like why you might think that, but no, Jay is so on top of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he, as like, I, I am very involved and it is like a, a team effort, but Jay goes on his own places that I'm not there. And I'm just, he has the same successes away without from, me away from you that he does with you. Yeah. It's just that you understand. So you're, you're more of like the conduit for the information. Yeah. You, you listen to the podcast and then you come home and tell him the parts he needs to know. Yeah, and he tries it, or he'll say, "This is my blood sugar. This is what I'm doing. This is what I'm eating. I'm thinking this. What are you thinking?" Gotcha. Oh, and then we we go off of that. So sounding board, just he's yeah. yeah. And let's let's brag for a second. Who's right more frequently, <laughs> you or Jeff? <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> It's Kristen, everybody. She's always right. She's never been wrong once since they've met. Oh, and- God. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if either of you knew what you were doing, you'd move out of Canada. I'm just saying it's cold there. And it, doesn't, it is it doesn't very make cold. Any sense to live there. But I it doesn't. Me. It really doesn't. It, it snowed here two, two weeks ago. In May. Yes. Yeah. A, like a lot of snow. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what else to say. Yeah. Is it is it, when it starts snowing, do you just feel like, oh my God, I give up? <laughs> just cry. Just don't know. <laughs> How could it be snowing? Like there I know people on Facebook from other places, their flowers in their front yards and so nice. And I know I hear it. All right. Well listen, you have things you have that we don't have. So mm-hmm. don't don't act like you have a we don't have it and you do. It's, you know, <laughs> it's it's fair's fair. You have to freeze, but you get all right, I'm at a loss for what you get. You get, um, <laughs> I'm sure there's something. I think people in cold weather live longer. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Is that not even true? We freeze to I death. I may have learned that on a television show when I was 15. So it's possible, <laughs> it's possible that the people on the A team lived longer because, uh, because it was cold outside. <laughs> I mean, it gets like our average temperature in the winter time. I don't know Fahrenheit. It's, it's like minus, minus. 
20 to minus 40. It's pretty normal for the wintertime. It's freezing. Uh, uh. Uh-huh. I just the other day, I've been telling my wife recently, we need to um, we need to retire somewhere. I have very specific ideas. I want it to be warm, but not hot and not humid. And I don't want weird bugs. And, and every time I say that people are like, so you're going to San Diego. I'm like, I cannot afford San Diego. There's not another place. Um, and, uh, someone told me maybe Northern Texas, but then I guess you get a little weird with like the bad, like the, you know, the wind and the rain that like picks your house up and makes you see, you know, the wizard of Oz. So, um, I don't know. There's no good place. The, I think the key to life is to make enough money to live in warm weather places in the winter and cold weather places in the summer. I'd like to probably be I agree. Home. Yeah. But I don't know how I'm going to do that. So, uh, I mean, I guess I could call Omnipod and like, you know, uh, up my ad rate by 9,000%. And that might help me. But uh, <laughs> other than that, I don't know how it's going to happen. Um, so, okay. So you switch. So he's got Dex now, Dexcom. Yeah. He's got G6. Or do you guys can't get G6 in Canada? We cannot get the G6 until maybe October or November. So you have the five. We have the five, yeah. Still, still a fantastic um, sensor. Really, really great. It is. So you have the G5 and you've got Omnipod. Yeah. Um, did you get the new dash with the Omnipod? I don't know if that's out yet here either. I tried to look that up. And I cannot find this. <laughs> Again, you guys, uh, and being serious for a second, having done the the blog for so long, the podcast, Canada is always last. Like they, always, it takes a long time for stuff to get to Canada. Um, okay, so but he's but he's pumping, and how has that changed things for him? What's it's, the biggest improvement you've seen? I guess. Hmm. Um. There's so many to list. I don't know if I can list all of them. Um. Stream of consciousness then. Starters, his A1C um, on Friday, we, we just went to his endocrinologist, was 5.9. Um, his A1C, when he got diagnosed, was 14, and since then have been between uh, 6, 7, and 7, 5 on injections. And then, yeah, with the pump, 5.9 was the last one. Wow. And just uh, everything. Um, so having control of the basal rates is amazing. It is. It's the whole thing, isn't it? Oh, it's the whole thing. The the thing about living in Alberta, the thing is if you don't like the weather, just wait a second because it could be 20 degrees, which I think is like 80 one day and then the next day or during that day, it could start snowing and drop to zero. <laughs> so the weather extremely affects Jay's basal rates. So being able to have control of them is awesome. Um, in the winter time, Jay's um, basal is 30% higher than the summertime. Jeez. It's yeah, I've crazy. heard that from people a lot, by the way, that um, yeah. the change in the seasons change their basal needs. Yeah. Um, and so are you saying colder needs more insulin? Yes. Okay. And, in the wintertime, he also can't get out and golf every single second that he can, <laughs> whereas so in the summertime. Act- so less activity. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And when he has less activity, he needs more basil. Yeah, for sure. No kidding. Mm-hmm. So you're a golf widow? <laughs> well, he golfs. I drive the cart. <laughs> Do you go? You come along? Sometimes. 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 <laughs> you guys thinking about having kids or no? Um. Yeah, That. I, I don't know how long until this podcast will go up. Um, it seems like three three to six months is kind of fair to say. It's usually the that's usually how it goes. Will will there be a little baby by then? Well, I'm hoping that's actually why I had to reschedule the podcast is that we're trying, but we need um a little help from from science. So I thought you were gonna say you had to reschedule the podcast so you could have sex. Because, no, no. I guess that's kind of how it sounded, but no. You, you were like, because we were trying. I was like, I can't do the podcast today. We're making a, we're making a baby. Yeah, um, yeah sorry. So, no, 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 no. Please don't be sorry. Uh, okay, so yeah, you did have to reschedule. We're recording this later than we yeah. were going to. So you had like, um, you were going having conversations about IVF. Yes, that's right. Gotcha. And have we you started are... the injections and everything? Are you underway? Or are you still in the planning status? We are doing the testing. At the moment, and then in July 
we go and we decide um, what option we want to do. Hmm. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. What do you think you're going to do? Do you have any ideas? Um, Well, there's two options. There's IUI or there's IVF. And whatever they kind of recommend to us is what we will will do, I think. Okay. And then then it's you use the medications and then you go – do what you're supposed to do and then it makes <laughs> is that right like the, we're, not, we're not talking about implanting things yet or are we talking um, about that yes we are, we are. ivf is is like the implantation of the the blastocyte which is the embryo on day five and i don't know too much about it but i know pretty basic sounds like you're gonna know a lot about it <laughs> <laughs> yep that's that's true <laughs> there's a podcast about um about ivf that you should try that I hear, really? I've heard a lot of good things about. It's called Matt and Dory's Excellent <laughs> Adventure, and Excellent is E G G C E L L E N T. I uh, have actually listened to that. Oh, you know that, and one. it is awesome. <laughs> yeah, see, how do I know? Yeah. things? I know things about everything. <laughs> Last night, I said something to my son. He goes, "You think you know everything?" I was like, "I don't think I know everything, but I mean, I'm right <laughs> about this." So, <laughs> you have tried that. You know, uh, yeah. Matt's a television writer. Yeah, uh, yeah, and um, his wife, I think, is a journalist. Yeah, she works for BuzzFeed, I think, which is like those all those um, videos you see on Facebook, like DIYs, I think. Yeah, BuzzFeed ruined blogging uh, <laughs> because nobody wants to read. They're like, I just want to click through, see some pictures of video. Leo DiCaprio, watch a video at the end, find out why that worm's crawling out of that girl's cheek, and then I'm back to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I've heard really good things about that podcast. So you've already listened through it all the way through. Okay. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so for the rest of you, I don't mind if you listen to other podcasts that aren't about <laughs> diabetes, uh, as long as they don't get in front of mine in your listening list. And you definitely shouldn't listen to other diabetes podcasts because, I mean, honestly. It's true. What's the need? It's true. What's the need? <laughs> Kristen just told you this is the best one. It you, is. You can believe her. She's from Canada. They don't lie about anything. No, we don't. <laughs> See, and would she lie about not lying? Probably not. <laughs> okay, well, I, I want to wish you luck. I hope it goes well um, and that you – you know, are you hoping for one or do you like when they, when you start talking about IVF, do you start thinking there could be more than one or how does that usually work? I don't, I know yeah. nothing about it besides the podcast. Yeah. Well, their, their goal is to only have one because there's a lot of risks with having multiples. I see. Um, but I mean, I'm still hoping for twins. I would love to have twins. Yeah. <laughs> one <Well>, and done. <laughs> well, I mean, plus you're probably so lonely up there in the tundra. Then you're you, right. You can yeah. get one to go gather like moose pelts yeah. and the other one could get firewood mm-hmm. <laughs> you probably live in a sprawling metropolis i, I i'm just uh or maybe you don't how how um is alberta uh is it are you in the woods are you like <laughs> no no is it i it's so much fun that i don't know anything there's there's about in the city i live there's like a hundred over a hundred thousand people or not a huge city but um, we are right between a place called Calgary and Edmonton and uh, they're, I've they're quite huge. Teams. Yeah? yeah. Okay. The Oilers and the Flames. That's how I knew it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, no. All right. So fine. You don't live in, in the tree. woods. You're not in a tree or something like that. No, no. And then, nope. how would a tree even grow in that cold? But I know nothing about how trees work either. We have like evergreen trees, lots of Christmas trees. You people everywhere. are lucky I understand this diabetes thing because if this podcast was about almost anything else, it would just be a lot of quiet. <laughs> me going, I don't know how that works. That sounds horrible to me. Um, <laughs> this is the one thing I understand. Okay, so uh, I mean, I like it. I like what you guys have got going. It's it seems It seems healthy. It's supportive. It's obviously moving things along for him. Do you imagine there's a time where you he hits a rhythm and you guys just don't have to talk about this anymore? Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that it's you don't have to talk about it as much or I don't want you to start having munchausen thoughts. Like let's keep this diet like this blood sugar high so he needs me in this. No. Yeah, I don't you don't sound like that. No. But 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 I'm saying the 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 other side of it is really like the goal's got to be lesser diabetes conversations, you know, small, yeah. smaller part of your life. I just do what I do. I get to live my life. I don't have to think about diabetes as much. Absolutely. And that frees up time for you too to to raise 
little <laughs> your little Norse gods that you're gonna have, yeah. right? Um, yeah, because seriously, like, I, I, listen, I can speak from from real experience. So there's <laughs> been times when my whole day was about diabetes. Yeah. And I started figuring it out and it became less and less and less. And now, you know, we talk about being bold with insulin and, and then I, I tell people all the time, like you, you'll find a rhythm and when you find your rhythm, you're not as involved as much. And I know people don't believe me that, mm-hmm. you know, at first that, you know, a 70 to 120 blood sugar range doesn't make your Dexcom alarm constantly if you're using your insulin the right way. But it's true. Yeah. You know, there's days that go by that I don't hear a Dexcom alarm ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that's gotta be your goal. And then I think after that, Kristen, cause you're right, this will go up months and months after we record it and we're recording mm-hmm. it in May. Mm-hmm. I think that Arden's going to continue on with the loop. I've, yep. I've been using it and she's had it on for maybe four pods now. So 12 days or so. And, wow. um, I don't see why I would stop at this point. Um, you know, and I'm learning a ton of stuff about, the things that I talk about and how to, how to make bigger, um, you know, better, I guess, decisions. Um, one of them, I'll just, I'll tell you what, I'll share with you at the end. I don't even have it fully formulated yet. So you'll mm-hmm. hear me months before you'll hear this with Kristen. I'll have sat down with, uh, I think I'm going to do another podcast with Katie Simone, the, who's very involved in the looping world. And, mm-hmm. um, Jenny Smith and I are probably going to do a series about talking about how to loop. So, Excuse me, I can tell you that because uh, you don't have a podcast about diabetes and you won't rush to do it before me like some of no. the other people do when they hear me talking about things on social media, but that's okay. Um, it doesn't matter. You can change. You'll do it better. I'm just going to do it better. Like Kristen said, it's fine. Uh, but seriously, so one of the things we talk about all the time is like, you know, temp basaling. Like, you know, I say you should up your basal rates at times when you need more, you know, when it's my carb or like carbier like times, right? Mm-hmm. But when I watch this loop do things, it's, it's nuts. So I, you know, gave Arden, you know, her lunch bolus when you and I were talking and almost immediately the loop increased Arden's basil by like three times. It went, it went up to almost like six an hour. Yeah. And then it just stayed there for like, I don't know, 10 minutes. (laughs) And then it went back down again. And then it went back up and it, and it's as she's eating, I watch it push harder. Like, you know, I always give that example of like, put your hands together and press, mm-hmm. you know, at the same rate, I'm seeing it do exactly what I was trying to envision. Mm-hmm. It's feeling more resistance from food. And so it's pushing harder with the basil. I mean, mm-hmm. there's the, it's such a simple like idea. And Obviously, we have it, you know, everyone listening has it figured out now about about the idea because we talk about it so much. But to see it happen with that amount of insulin flipped me out. And I realized, here's what I realized. Because of the artificial pump settings, like you set your basal rate to whatever, like what's your husband's basal rate? Do you know? Is it about- um, yeah, it's 1.2. 1.2 an hour. Yeah. And so when I tell you to double it to 2.4, that sounds like all the insulin in the world, right? It sounds like so much insulin. And we only think of putting it up to 2.4 because that's mm-hmm. how far the pump goes. Because yeah. the pump lets you double it to, a, you know, a 200%. But with the loop, there's a setting where you can say, what's your maximum amount of basil you'll mm-hmm. let me use? Mm-hmm. And so when I first set it up, I was like, well, if her, you know, if her basal rate's like 1.4 or 1.8, I don't want it to go all the way to like too high. So I just sort of like doubled it. I was like, well, you can go to two eight. And then I realized it couldn't do what it wanted to do. So yeah. I, I pushed that thing way up to like seven. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's ever used seven, but there are times when it's like, okay, more pushing and then stop. Mm-hmm. And then if it pushes too far, it'll go down to zero. It's mm-hmm. just, it's so great. It's, it's like watching my brain work on a screen. Wow, I'm gonna have to look at look into it. It's so insane. It just it, it's and and don't get me wrong. There's things about it. It is so counterintuitive in some ideas. Like there were times mm-hmm. when I thought, okay, I have to change a setting. Obviously, when I was getting it right in the first week or so. Yeah. And my every instinct of what to change, I was always wrong. Mm-hmm. I was backwards. If I, if I thought turn that up, it was turn it down. If I thought turn that down, yeah. it was turn it up. Until I really started to understand what the settings have you know uh 
control over, what they're trying to accomplish and how it affects other settings. And as soon as I mm-hmm. got it all set in my head, I was like, ooh, this is pretty cool. It doesn't change, <laughs> it doesn't change what I think. If you don't have this, no. mm-hmm. we can all keep doing what we're doing. And I am definitely going to be able to speak even more clearly about being bold because of what I'm learning yeah. from looping. But I will also say that in the future, I think that everyone who has a CGM and a pump who has access to something like this, it's going to, it's at least very worth your, um, your time to try. So, yeah, so for I, sure. I'm, I'm going to be an advocate of it um, going forward. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to look at it. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I'm looking at it right now across the room. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it really did it. It, it, it totally cranked up her basal, then it mm-hmm. dropped it back to nothing, and now it's got it at the normal level. And her blood sugar is, it's not as good as I would want it to be, but we're also on a new site right now, and I don't know how well the site works. We kind of moved around in her leg a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she's an hour, she's almost an hour past when she gave herself the insulin, and her blood sugar is 121, and she's done eating. It's amazing. And it thinks she's going to go down over the next... 30 minutes mm-hmm. so you can kind of see the what it's predicting but even yeah. even that's neat like i'll like I, I i'll just at the end here it's even cool because it shows you what it's predicting mm-hmm. and it's predicting that like three hours from now her blood sugar is going to be 40 wow but, but, but it doesn't mean her blood sugar is going to be 43 it means it's going to make adjustments between now and then to keep that from ever happening yeah i've had to explain that that very concept to so many people like um, exercise makes Jay's blood sugar go down, but it doesn't mean he's going to go low. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you adjust you, it, so we, it doesn't. <laughs> yes, we make other decisions. Like we, yes, it, it's like a time travel movie. It's like, it's like you somebody comes back from the future and tells you you're gonna, you know, gr- grow a unicorn horn if you go to Disneyland. Yeah, and, and so you just go, <laughs> well, I don't want a unicorn okay. horn, so I won't go to Disneyland, and then it doesn't yeah. happen. Right. Yeah. So this thing tells you, yes. hey, you're going to die three hours from now, but don't worry. We'll make adjustments that'll stop that from ever being your reality. Really, really cool. So anyway, mm-hmm. I'm sorry I took up your time at the end there with that. No, that's okay. I uh, I wanted to touch base quickly on what you had said about increasing the basal and how you never thought about going over like doubling it because right. your pump settings wouldn't let you and had to bump them out. Um, with Jay's basal, it was very scary at the beginning, but during the nighttime when he has that dawn effect and his blood sugar rises, I have to, or we have to triple his basal rate yep. overnight. And how cool is it that you figure that out and had the may I say the the moose testicles to do that? Like, like seriously, <laughs> yeah, it, it was a big deal. It was very scary <laughs> to to do that. How does that sound? Hey Jay, I'm going to do something over here. If you don't wake up, I love you. Like, like, <laughs> or, or yeah, it was scary. <laughs> how did, so, but seriously, how did you make the leap to do something that seemed that out of line with sanity? Um. Well, it would happen night after night, and I got sick of waking up, or one of us waking up, one of us setting alarms at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. to, to look mm-hmm. at the Dexcom to see what was happening and adjusting um, with with a bolus when he was on injections. Um, and when we got the pump, I'm like, I'm just going to set up a ba- like a basal program that starts running a higher basal higher. one hour before it spikes every single night or over and over and over again. So I just started, I did one, um, 1. 1.8, 2. 2.4, 3. And got it a, yeah. Is it fair to say that you trusted that what you knew was going to happen was going to happen? Absolutely. But then you have to think like the other things that affect Jay's blood sugar that you probably haven't experienced that is is like drinking alcohol. Mm -hmm. Then what do you have to do with that increased basal rate? And most times I just switch it back to the other one depending on if he had a fatty carb snack before bed. Yeah. And if he gets a little boozy, you have to turn it down? Um, it, it depends if he has like a couple drinks with supper, there isn't actually too much that I have to do. Um, I say, I, I mean, we or him or whoever mm. <laughs> is doing it. Um, I've made you feel self-conscious about it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> you have. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, I didn't mean to. I apologize. No, it's okay. Um, 
And But if he does have a night where he is drinking all night long with friends or we're out on holidays and we're drinking lots, um, what they did tell us at the at the clinic compared to what we actually do, at the clinic they said, when you drink alcohol, don't shoot a single drop of insulin for any carb you eat for supper, any time you're drinking, and before bed, have a fatty carb snack, like go get french fries, McDonald's, pizza, anything like that. Um, if we decided to do that, Jay's blood sugar would be well in the 300s. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen. I don't want when he drinks, we just say, ah, <laughs> screw diabetes today. You're going to drink. Well, was, what, was, um, what was the point of that? Did they just think because no. you'll become unconscious, you should stay high to be safe? Or they thought that yes. was, that was what they were saying? Yeah, I, I'm assuming. Oh, okay. Um, I yeah, any anything I, I don't I don't understand why they said that. <laughs> but what we actually do is when he is drinking, and I, it's obviously different for every person, but when he is drinking, we shoot insulin for his supper, for all the snacks, for all the meals, so he is keeping in range. And right before bedtime, we go get like it's it's an excessive amount of carbs that he has to eat before bed, like 120, 140 carbs. Mm-hmm. But fatty carbs. And he has that at bedtime, and um, I take off that increased basal for the dawn effect, and he is steady the entire night, and there's no lows, and there's no highs, and I mean, it doesn't go over 130. Yeah, that's amazing. And you figured that out on your own. And I think that's really the goal is to tell people that there's a lot you're going to have to figure out on your own. So, you know. Uh, and until you can be at a point where you don't talk about diabetes all the time, you have to put in the work and you have to. Yes. It, it's such an important idea. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 more work now for less work later. Exactly. And, and, and it, your goal and your hope is it's more work now for almost no work later. And, yeah. You know, and try to make this on most days kind of like transparent in a way that yeah. you, you just don't notice it. All right. Well, Kristen, you were fantastic. You had such a good sense of humor. I said so many horrible things about your life. I said that I, you know, <laughs> I feel like you live in an igloo. I said something about moose testicles at some point. Um, I gave We're you a pod- <laughs> I gave you a podcast recommendation for a podcast you already knew about, and uh, and I really thought I had that there. I was like, well, I'm going to say something really like great for her, and she's like, I've heard that. I was like, oh, <laughs> um, I, I inferred that you were a Russian uh, mail order bride at one point, and it's so it's, it's been so a full fun. hour, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a good time i did good. thank are you, you for having me of course we are you less nervous now than you were when we started yes yeah. it didn't start well by the way everyone Kristen had like technical problems and i think she was like starting to panic uh, in the beginning <laughs> and i was starting to hear a little panic in her voice but she really mellowed out and did a nice job and she had her conversion chart with her and everything yeah very nice kudos thank you so much uh let me say goodbye and uh yeah then hold on and I will say goodbye to you like a real person when we're not recording your voice. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. Thanks also to the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Find out more at contournext.com forward slash juice box. And please allow me to apologize to Kristen. This episode, along with a handful of others, got lost in the system. This was recorded a long time ago. Kristen, I am so sorry it took this long to come out. And for those of you listening who it may have felt a little disjointed timeline wise, I apologize there too. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for subscribing, for telling someone else about the show. I'll be back very soon with much more of the Juicebox podcast.